Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialling their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% of all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today's episode digs into why some runners struggle to return to pre-COVID form. Many runners tell us that getting back to post-COVID involves taking time for rest and recovery and gradually increasing their training plan over a few weeks. Unfortunately for others, they continue to suffer with long-term fatigue, which impacts not only on their day-to-day life, but also on their ability to run. It can feel so frustrating when good foundational nutrition and rest just don't seem to be enough to help bounce back from COVID. So in this episode, we explore potential root causes of your fatigue and how a functional nutrition approach may reveal underlying imbalances. We'll give you direction on a nutritional approach to help you restore energy levels so that you can get out there and enjoy your running again. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionist friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance and especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Welcome back everyone. I'm Karen and I'm here with Aileen as always. And today we're talking about COVID recovery and fatigue that goes with that for runners. So if you've been listening to us for a while, you'll probably have noticed that we do take turns with regards to leading the conversation on the episode topic each week. And this week, Aileen is in the hot seat and she wanted to talk about COVID recovery and fatigue. So Hi, Aileen. Before we sort of get into the the whole episode, I just wanted to ask you three quick questions. So they are, what's your personal experience of COVID? Is recovery from long COVID a health concern that you've had to deal with, um, with your nutrition clients? And why did you want to focus on this topic for today? So hopefully you'll remember. Yeah, yeah. Lots of questions for me to start yes. off with. So hi, yeah, it's great to uh, to be here again. So um, in order of your questions, so my personal experience of COVID, um, well, I had COVID uh, last, uh, this year, actually, Easter, yeah, Easter this year, so eight months ago. Um, it wasn't pleasant, I have to say, but I didn't feel terribly ill. Uh, but I did notice uh, when I returned to running that I just felt I had nothing in the tank. Um, it was just really, I just felt really, really slow. And um, I do recall doing a, a 10k race 
in May, I think it was. Um, so probably about eight weeks after COVID. And I was really shocked because I just didn't think I was going to be able to keep going. I, you know, really, even 1K in, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, this isn't going to work. And um, it was really tough. And I, I did actually meet another woman who was running alongside me. And we started chatting and she was also post-COVID and she was having exactly the same experience. And we we did pace each other and chatted along the way, which helped me get to the finish line and hopefully it helped her too. And um, yeah, that was that was my immediate experience and I was quite surprised by that. Um, and I do feel that, you know, over the more recent months, my energy levels have improved, but they're certainly not where they were a year ago. And that's has impacted on my stamina and my general fitness level. So it's been uh, it's been an interesting ob- observation and to hear what other people have gone through too. Well, that's right. Absolutely, Aileen. And, and interesting that you met in with somebody who was experiencing the same as you. And it does make you wonder how many people out there are experiencing the same symptoms as they go back to their running. But it's good to know that you are it's gradually, but at least you're sort of if you feel that you're getting better slowly and thinking about other people and other runners and um, their experiences. What can you tell us about your experience of, of working with with clients, personal personal clients post COVID? Yeah, well, yes, I have worked with a few clients who are post COVID. I mean, let's face it. Practically the whole population is post-COVID these days. And uh, sometimes, you know, clients come to me and they're consulting with me for other reasons. But I always ask new clients, have you had COVID? When did you have it? How did it affect you? Um, and I ask those cl- those clients the, quest- the same questions, really, whether they're coming for post-COVID help or whether um, it's some other issue. Because often uh, COVID infection can be the trigger for developing other symptoms and other health conditions. And from the the reading that I've done, it does appear that a COVID infection may trigger imbalances in in other ways. So, for example, you know, it's just things I've noticed when I've been working with people over the last year. Um, I've had quite a few clients with gut disturbances uh, that they've never had before that seem to have come out of the blue um, and others that COVID's triggered fatigue and exhaustion, um, and also other immune-related conditions. And although I've not um, come across anybody with this yet, I've read that menstrual disturbances are also common post-COVID too. So it appears that if you've got a weakness or a suboptimal condition in some way, then the COVID virus might be a triggering point to uh, you know those symptoms coming out and, and being an issue for you. Gosh, isn't that really interesting that sort of triggers and connections of, of, of symptoms may have been as a as a result of COVID tri- triggering these symptoms and, and leading to other illnesses and, and they seem to manifest in, in lots of different ways. So so okay, you've given us an idea of um the particular symptoms and conditions people can deal with or have to deal with post-COVID. Why why choose this topic for today? What was your thinking around that? Well, just that I know that there are runners out there who are struggling to get back to their pre-COVID fitness. Uh, You know, some people have had COVID more than once as well. So, you know, that has an effect. Um, I've had quite a few clients in the last year who've been experiencing 
fatigue, which does seem to be related post-COVID infections. And I just thought that some of the nutritional approaches that I've been using with them, I could share today. Um, and also, you know, we're we're at the late part of the autumn, we're heading towards winter, and it's quite possible that some of us will have another COVID infection over the winter months. And it's a good time to consider how to support yourself post-COVID. Um, and it's also a good time to focus on supporting the immune system generally as a protective measure against the risk of either seasonal COVID or other viral infections that that can happen around this time of year. Um, but I've, what I've found, and I'm sure many practitioners would identify with this, is that fatigue is one of the symptoms that people talk about a lot post-COVID. Um, and we, we know that the post-COVID symptoms are, are different for everyone. Um, and there's thought to be something between 50 and 100 symptoms. Uh, but the most common ones which could affect a runner are shortness of breath, persistent coughing, uh, fatigue and exhaustion, headaches, and also attention disorder and cognition issues. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different um, symptoms that people can experience, but those seem to be the the most, you know, the highest up in the ranking, if you like, of, of symptoms. Gosh, that's really interesting. But between 50 and 100 symptoms, that's... that's uh... Uh, staggering really I wasn't aware I knew that there were key symptoms that people um, did tend to present with and then others that were um, not minor but less less prevalent but but that's that's huge isn't it um yeah so so you know, the, as we can see the the symptoms are wide ranging and can be challenging for some people as well and that's really why a personalised approach to nutritional support is important for everybody. Now, in episode 112, we discussed some suggestions on how to support breathlessness post-COVID, um, which is something you've just mentioned, Aileen. But today, our focus, we thought, would be on the strategies to support that fatigue side of post-COVID. Now, if you're a runner, who's never returned to your pre-COVID form due to fatigue and exhaustion, this episode is for you. So for that lady that you were running with, Ailey, this, this um, episode may support her. So what we're going to do is we're going to consider mitochondrial injury and how this contributes to post-COVID fatigue. The aim of a functional nutritional programme to support that post-COVID um, fatigue. And then we'll look at protecting against seasonal infections generally. Now, before we start talking about the mitochondrial injury, I'll just remind everybody of what mitochondria do. We have spoken about this in, in the past, but it's always good to just get a bit of a refresher. Now, there are mitochondria in every cell in our bodies. They're often described as energy-making factories or classed as our energy powerhouses, and they produce energy units called ATP, adenosine triphosphate. Now, mitochondria convert chemical energy from the food that we eat into an energy form that the cell can then use. Now, most ATP is produced in mitochondria through a series of reactions known as the citric acid cycle or the Krebs cycle. And you probably heard us speak about um, the Krebs cycle and that citric acid cycle in the past. Mitochondria also have other functions such as signaling between cells and also they're involved in cell death. 
And different cell types have different numbers of mitochondria, really depending on their function. So, for example, the heart in the heart, 40% of heart muscle cells are taken up by mitochondria, which really would make sense because the heart requires a lot of energy to function. So that kind of does really make sense. So that's just a little bit of a an explanation um, it, about what mitochondria are. Alien, I'm now going to hand over to you um, and just ask you to maybe start explaining about that mitochondrial injury that I mentioned and how this contributes to that post-COVID fatigue. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, it's a really good reminder that uh, the health of our mitochondria is crucial to every function in our body, you know, that we've got mitochondria everywhere. And so having them in optimal health is really important. Um, And there's been a lot of interesting um, science uh, around how our cells and mitochondria are affected by COVID and ultimately how this manifests as long COVID fatigue. And mitochondrial injury is an area of concern as it appears to happen uh, when there is a a COVID infection. And and obviously, you can get mitochondrial injury for other reasons too, but it does seem to be associated with COVID infections. So what happens when the mitochondrion cells are damaged? The mitochondria shift away from making energy towards um, what would be known as a pro-inflammatory status, and they move towards taking an immune signaling role. And this happens, as I say, when there's any chronic illness, not just post-COVID. Um, so it's really like the, the mitochondria uh, saying there's there's a different priority here and we're not making as much energy because we've got to support uh, the immune system in dealing with what's going on. Um, what happens is that the oxygen that mitochondria would normally use to make energy shifts towards creating an, ox- an oxidative status um, or stress status within the cell. And the cell makes um, inflammatory fatty acid, which stiffen up the cell membrane. And if anybody can think back to biology classes from school, you'll remember about the, the cell membrane being a sort of a fatty membrane. So when the, the, the cell membrane is stiffening up, this is an effort um, on behalf of the cell to try and keep the virus within the cell and ultimately contain it so it can't get out and do more damage. But in doing so, what happens is the cell becomes toxic and it's unable to perform its normal functions. Now, it appears that some people naturally recover and restore mitochondrial function. So, you know, this is a natural process. The cell is sort of dealing with it, saying, I'm going to sort out the problem and I'm, then I'm going to do the, the rest and repair function and then we can get on with normal function. But unfortunately, other people get in a stuck position where the mitochondria aren't naturally repairing. And it's this um, problem that contributes to fatigue. So there is a, a process called cell danger response, uh, which is basically what these the cell is going through when this is happening to them. So it's a, a there's different phases that the cell goes through when there is a danger, and um, it's commonly known as CDR, and then it's CDR one, two, or three. So in CDR one, what the cell is actually doing is it's containing the virus, as I've just described. And in CDR2, the cell's in repair mode. And then what it's doing is producing new cells. 
And when it gets into the CDR3 phase, um, the, the new cells are, are basically being taught their function. But unfortunately, if somebody gets stuck in CDR1, that's an indication that they're in a pro-inflammatory state. And if a person gets stuck in CDR2, that, that's where the cells are dividing and proliferating into new healthy cells. Um, that could, when If you're stuck in that phase, then the mitochondria aren't being repaired or renewed. So there may be a lack of mitochondria in the body. And the knock-on impact of that is if we have fewer mitochondria, we're, you know, we're not able to produce the same amount of energy. And then in CDR3, when the cell division process completes, the cells go under that sort of process of education so that they can perform their function. And then after CDR3, the, the cells get on and do what they're there to do and, and they just uh, perform their normal function until, of course, there's, there's another danger that they have to, to deal with. So it's this uh, idea that in this danger response that we different people get stuck at different points and that's the problem that causes the the fatigue or is, is one of the contributors towards fatigue wow that, that's really fascinating um information alien and again just shows how powerful the body is and all these different sort of reactions and processes that are going on all of the time that we are totally unaware of so so really what you're saying is that this is a normal healing process but unfortunately for some people they may be compromised in one or more parts of this cell danger response cycle that you spoke about. And that may be one, like you said, it's not just that, but one of the underlying reasons for an individual's continuing fatigue. Now, we mentioned um, functional testing earlier. I'm just thinking, Aileen, how would you approach this to support a client who was um, suffering from chronic fatigue as a, a long COVID symptom? Yeah, well, the, the aim of, uh, of a nutritional program uh, for this uh, type of uh, condition or, or problem that a client's facing is really to think about restoring mitochondrial health. Um, so, for instance, looking at the inflammatory status, um, the oxidative stress status, and also supplying the building blocks of nutrition uh, for that cell repair and proliferation that we talked about. Um, and also, um, we need to think about how we can restore the phases of this um, cell danger response so that they work optimally, so that people don't get in the stuck phases and, and that they, they move through the phases of, of um, repair and getting back to health. And then finally, we need to look at having optimal amounts of specific nutrients to fuel the Krebs cycle or the citric acid cycle. You know, the names are interchangeable because, because that helps enable uh, energy production. Um, th there's been a lot of learnings from research on chronic fatigue syndrome, which has now been applied to resolving long COVID. So I think the scientists and researchers and the medical profession are seeing an overlap um, about, you know, things I've learned about chronic fatigue and how that might be um, going on with uh, long COVID fatigue. Um, so that's really interesting that, you know, that the science is um, complementing each other. Um, now, for some clients, uh, we may take a, a, an approach of creating a supplement plan based on, on their symptoms. Um, 
and that might be all that they wish to do. They might not want to go down the, the testing route. However, if, if they do want to go down the testing route, it really offers uh, an opportunity to get a really clear picture about which areas of health need supporting. And, and often then you can move on to a tailored and targeted therapeutic nutrition and supplement approach um, so that, you know, instead of well, we always say, you know, tests don't guess. You, you can actually um, do some screening tests and know exactly what is going on and know where you need to um, put the energy and the effort into um, helping a client. So what I would suggest is uh, looking at a client's amino acid profile. Um, and the reason for that is we need optimal amino acids uh, from protein to be able to effectively repair and replace cells. And, you know, it might not just be enough to eat enough protein, because if we dig into somebody's amino acid profile, we can we actually see which amino acids are abundant and which they're depleted in. And there might be some um, specific foods and supplements that we can suggest to get the amino acid level to being optimal. And that's really going to help um, as I say, do that repair and replace of cells. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just thinking as you're speaking there, Aileen, that another area really to consider would be a client's nutrient status re relating to those key nutrients needed for the citric acid cycle. Um, you know, that process that our body uses to, to make energy that we were speaking about and adding the key nutrients will, which will support the areas in the cell damage response that you went through, especially, you know, just thinking about those different um, CDR 1, 2 and 3 and where that the individual is stuck. Now, three nutrients which could be considered for this, I think, would be carnitine, creatine and CoQ10, so that coenzyme Q Q10. Now, carnitine is known to improve the efficiency of that ATP, so that energy unit production, by helping to import certain fuel molecules into the mitochondria and cleaning up some of the toxic byproducts of that ATP production. Now, carnitine, you can actually um, get as an over-the-counter supplement in the form of L-carnitine. So that's something that, um, you know, if you were working with a nutritional therapist that may be considered. Coenzyme Q10, um, like I say, also known as CoQ10 generally, or ubiquinone as well is another common name used for it. Now, it's used by oxygen to make ATP. And CoQ10 is also an antioxidant. Um, now, if there is a nutritional deficiency in CoQ10, this could compromise and would compromise that energy production process. And then finally, thinking about creatine, it normally acts as a reserve for ATP by forming a compound called creatine phosphate, also known as phosphocreatine. Now, when a cell's demand for ATP exceeds the amount its, um, its mitochondria can produce, creatine can release phosphate. So that's the P in ATP. Um, and that can rapidly enhance that ATP supply. Sounds complicated and it is complicated, but that's the body <laughs> working in the best way it can and the efficient way it can to create as much um, um, energy for us as possible. Now, 
it, creatine phosphate typically provides that initial burst of ATP required for that strenuous muscle activity. So when you're doing your sprints um, and your speed trade, training, um, that sort of creatine phosphate is what is being utilized initially. Now, and also I would potentially consider B vitamin status. Um, again, thinking about energy production. So those would be my key ones, Aileen. Is there anything else that you would consider that I haven't mentioned? Yeah, I mean, they're all, uh, you know, it's fantastic information there, Karen. Um, I think what I would also consider is the fatty acid status of, of a client um, because having optimal levels of fatty acids is important both for cell health and function and also for anti-inflammatory actions. And now there's a lot of research around something called um, SPMs, which are specialized pro-resolving mediators. Um, and we have talked about them in a previous episode, and I can't quite remember which one it is, so I'll have to remember to put it in the show notes for everybody. But basically, the, the SPMs um, aren't suppressive of the inflammatory response, but what they do is support inflammation resolution by limiting the extent and the duration of the acute inflammatory response. Um, and there's quite a lot of research around this, um, around the contribution of um, excessive and uncontrolled inflammation in COVID patients. So, you know, that you've probably heard about the cytokine storm and things like that in, in COVID. So it's when, you know, inflammation is getting out of control. Um, so that would, that part of um, the problem I'd relate to the conversation around the CDR1, where somebody might be stuck in the pro-inflammatory phase and just not being able to move out of it. So the SPMs can help resolve that. So when we, we test for fatty acid status, we get to see, um, you know, all the different fatty acids and where a client is on it. And then we can optimize their food plan and tailor supplements to, um, to address any depletions or imbalances. Because sometimes with fatty acids, it's not so much that you haven't got enough of it. It's that you, the ratios between different fatty acids aren't in balance and it's important that they are. So I've been using with some clients a, a fish oil that's enriched with these SPMs. Um, so if anybody is interested in that, just drop us a line, uh, send us an email to hello at runnershealthhub.com and I'll let you know of the, the brand and, and the one that I've been using. Um, so that's a really important part of any program, I think. Um, and then I'd probably also think about some antioxidant support to help resolve oxidative stress. So, you know, I might look at something like alpha lipoic acid or glutathione. Uh, you know, there's lots of different um, antioxidants to consider, really. So probably a little bit too much to go into more detail at this point. But that's another area that I'd be I'd be thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe vitamin C you could add in there as well. Yeah. So. So really, to, to, to round up, there's a lot of information that we've shared there. So, but just to round that up, we've, we suggest really to consider nutrient status, maybe by using functional testing, focusing on nutrients to support energy production and also resolving that inflammation and that oxidative stress. So, um, there's, if you're, if you are experiencing this long term post COVID fatigue, 
it, you know, this is suggesting that there are things that are there's action that you can take to help support that and help bring back um, your energy to those pre-COVID levels. OK, Ailey, before we move on, shall we just take a quick advert break? We shall indeed. Um, so this is the part of the episode where Karen and I take a minute to talk to you about what we do outside of the podcast. And today what we'd like to do is share with you our one to one personalized nutrition services. Um, and this is because, you know, we're talking about long COVID symptoms today and they do vary from person to person. So nutritional approaches really must be personalized. And so it just seemed appropriate to speak to you about this service today. So from a functional medicine point of view, uh, we always investigate from a personalized perspective. Um, and we really believe COVID should, should be supported in, in the same way. It's key to identify the underlying imbalances, which will be different from everybody because, you know, you'll have, um, you know, gone into the COVID situation with a certain health status and you'll have come out of the COVID situation with that health status perhaps changing and there might may be different areas that we need to support. So it might not just be to do with fatigue. It could be to do with any one of those 50 to 100 symptoms that, that we talked about. Um, but particularly when it comes to fatigue, you know, my experience of working with clients is that they, you know, they feel quite helpless because they've tried everything and they think they're never, ever going to get better. And so sometimes to have somebody take a big, helicopter view of what's going on with you and then be able to put that into a structured plan for you can really help. Um, I had a lovely um, email from a client this week who she's been working with me for several months and she said to me, I've actually had a day where I didn't need to have a nap. And for her, that was such a big win um, after going through lots of different things that we've worked together on. So, you know, I just really want to say that you know, if you consider um, the symptoms that you've got and perhaps think about doing some functional testing, we can help you find out which body systems need support. Um, no single nutritional protocol is appropriate. So there's no, unfortunately, there's no magic bullets, as we, we often say. So if if you're interested uh, and you want some focused and personalized advice and support, Karen and I are here to help you and we're here to help you achieve your health and your running goals. And if you're interested in working one to one with us, the best way of doing that is to book a, a complimentary call with us. And then we can talk to you about what your health goals are and we can suggest the best way of working with us so that you get the results you desire. And if you would like to book a call with us, look at the website, which is runnershealthhub.com. Uh, click on the work with us page and you'll see a booking link and you can book a call to suit your diary and uh, and then we can take it from there. Great. Thanks, Aileen. And I do hope that that really gives everybody who's experiencing any long term fatigue um, symptoms or any other post COVID symptoms, some insights around how we might be able to support you, you know, using functional testing and a targeted nutrition program, as well as potentially supplements to help you resolve this fatigue and any other symptoms so that you can start to feel better and enjoy your running again. So, so let's now move on and round up with some maybe some reminder tips on how we can all support our immune systems um, to protect against seasonal infections. And that includes Aileen and I. You know, it's always good to get these reminders of what to do. So um, I think my number one tip would be to get your vitamin D status 
status tested. Now, I think it's an ideal time of year really to do this, just to find out where you are and check that you are still within the optimal range. Now, that optimal range is around 100 nanomoles per litre. Now, it's really easy to to test um, for vitamin D. You could either ask your GP um, if you if you are able to speak to a GP and they're willing to do that at the moment, or you could book a home test kit. And um, and and again, that's a very very easy option to do. Our preferred supplier is Better You, and you'll find um, the links to their test kits in our shop page at Runners Health Hub healthhub.com. Now you can order online and it's really easy. It's just a finger prick blood test onto like a really small pad, which you then send off to better you. And they'll then email your results back to you. And they're really good because they also give you a voucher for a free vitamin D supplement um, spray. So if there is a need to boost your vitamin D, then they do give you um, a complimentary vitamin D spray. So um, so that would be my number one tip. Yeah. And as I said earlier, we always say test or guess, and it, it's really important with vitamin D. You can't assume uh, that you know what your vitamin D level is. And you may only require a maintenance dose of vitamin D or you might require a higher dose if, if it, you need to get into the optimal range. And what I would you know, like to offer really to everybody is when you get your results back, we'd be really happy to give you complimentary guidance on what vitamin D dosage you should take. So if you would share your results with us, uh, we can do that for you. And you can just email us at hello at runnershealthhub.com and we'd be happy, happy to help with uh, planning your vitamin D supplementation going forward. Yeah, absolutely. We'd be very happy to to support you in, in making those decisions. Okay, Aileen, so what other nutrients do you focus on to help prevent seasonal infections, either for yourself or, or with your clients? Yeah, well, I've got a few that I, I use regularly myself. And, um, and yeah, I would definitely suggest them to clients as well. So one of them is uh, Saccharomyces boulardii, which is a bacterial yeast. And one of the ways that it supports health is it promotes secretory IgA, which is um, an immune antibody that um, is in our mucous membrane. So in all the cells. Um, so it's potentially fighting off infections as the first line of defense because it's in the mucous membranes. Um, and uh, it, Saccharomyces boulardii is also used to support digestive health conditions, too. So if you're reading about it, there's a lot more. Um, stuff on the internet about digestive health and Saccharomyces boulardii. Not many people talk about it with regards to um, immune health, but I, I think it's a really great one to use and it's it's relatively uh, cost effective, you know, in the range of the cost of supplements. Uh, the other thing that I start doing at, at this time of year and other times of year, if I ever feel as though that my immune system might be sort of compromised in any way, I'll start taking an immune support multi multivitamin um, or it's a, a multi that includes um, different types of nutrients that are really supportive of the immune system. So the one I like includes zinc, uh, selenium, vitamin C and uh, beta glucans. And so using them alongside vitamin D, you'll find that you know, all of these are foundational nutrients that are really um, supportive of immune health. So that's uh, 
you know, my, my, I suppose my three things that I would do at this time of year, you know, to make sure that I'm well protected. So it's Saccharomyces boulardii, it's an immune support multi, and then um, doing my vitamin D at whatever level I need based on my testing results. Um, so that's what I do, Karen. Is there anything that you would suggest as a, a number one um, sort of action point for everybody to take away at this time of year to protect against seasonal infections? Well, Aileen, if I was to think of it from a, a food first point of view, which is what we always tend to do, then I would say that it was really important to focus on that eating a rainbow that we speak about. And that's a rainbow of vegetables and fruits. And that's, again, is both for the immune health, but also good digestive health as well. And sort of eating seven to nine portions per day and having as wide a variety as possible. So just think of all the fruits and vegetables that you really enjoy the varying colours and ensure that you're you're having about seven to nine portions um, per day. And um, and I always think that it is easy to do that in the summer months, but not quite as easy in the winter months um, because, it, it, well, the seasonal vegetables are different for a start. And I think the seasonal vegetables tend to be more around um more limited in color for a start actually um but there's always uh, vegetables from from the continent that we can introduce as well but also we tend to cook vegetables more we have less salads therefore and i think there's more color in a salad than there is vegetables on the side of your plate so i think that may be a reason um but what about you Aileen? what do you do to get a rainbow of veggies during the winter well, well, I do like the variety of seasonal vegetables and I think it's quite exciting when we change season and suddenly there's different things to eat and cook. Um, but what I tend to do is that I'll make a pot of homemade soup every week and it really is potluck. There's all sorts of things going there. Um, so lots of different types of vegetables and leftover vegetables. So I do get quite a wide range of colours there. And the other thing I'll do is I'll roast a tray of vegetables so that I've got them um, in the fridge and then I can add them as a side dish with my meals or maybe add to a warm salad that's another thing you can do at this time of year instead of you know concentrating on cold salads is sort of mix leaves with some warm vegetables and maybe some uh, warmed up protein to go in it as well um, and also the, there's lots of really hearty greens at, at this time of year like kale and cabbage and brussels sprouts that you can add um either, you know, semi-cooked or raw to a salad, which gives them a bit more bite, you know, and they feel a bit more satisfying. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it can be a bit challenging maybe on the colour front. Um, but, you know, you just have to look around and, and try your hardest to get as many colours in as you can. And I think my other top tip is to make sure you have half a plate of vegetables at every meal um, and then just, you know, check the colour range over the course of the week and I'm sure you'll get to the rainbow. Absolutely. So our suggestion really to to optimise your nutrient status is to sort of think about that rainbow of vegetables and fruits as much as you can, keep it as varied as possible and consider some foundational supplements to support the immune system and protect um, from any seasonal infections. So that is our that is our um, sort of key takeaway, but I know there's lots of other takeaways, Aileen. So can I just ask you to to round up with your your key ones? 
Okay, so the key takeaways from today's episode uh, that really that some runners struggle to get back to pre-COVID fitness and run training, and you're not alone if you're one of those people. And, and maybe the underlying reason for this is mitochondrial injury, and that can be the thing that compromises uh, their ability to produce energy. Uh, so I think knowing that is is very empowering to think that there's something that you can do. Um, unfortunately, some people pull do get into a stuck position where the mitochondria aren't naturally repairing and this can contribute to fatigue and the aim of any nutritional program to support this would be to provide the nutrients to restore mitochondria health and also to provide optimal nutrients to fuel the mitochondria so think of the mitochondria as little engines uh, that you're going to restore and get back to full health and then you're going to give uh, yourself optimal nutrients to fuel that engine. So if you consult with a functional nutritional practitioner, what they might do is suggest uh, screening tests to assess things like your amino acid profile, your fatty acid profile, and your nutritional requirements to fuel the citric acid cycle. And some of the nutrients that you might want to consider would be things like CoQ10, carnitine, creatine, omega-3s with SPMs, and some antioxidants, sorry, I can't say that, um, such as uh, alpha lipoic acid and glutathione. But as always, we'd re really recommend that you consult with your, either your nutritional or medical practitioner before you take any supplements. And finally, it's time of year to protect your immune system against seasonal infections with vitamin D, uh, Saccharomyces boulardii, zinc, selenium, uh, beta-glutens and vitamin C. And finally, eat a, a rainbow of vegetables and fruit every week. And that's going to really help you get through the winter months. Great. Thanks very much, Aileen, for some really great insights into how to support and potentially resolve symptoms of that long COVID fatigue, um, including foods, including supplements and testing. And remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. 
Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at AmazingJane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.